0: Welcome to Co-op Energy Talk. I'm Rachel Johnson, the Member Relations Manager here at Cherryland Electric Cooperative. And today we are we are in for a treat. We have a special podcast with an employee who has been with Cherryland for 39 years and will be retiring in two weeks, three weeks?
1: Right between there.
0: Okay. So in between... 15 t- days
1: and three
2: hours. <laughs> just. Not that anybody's counting. Yeah.
0: Not that not that we have a ticker that we've let him see, but we do. Uh, Jim Carpenter is, is our line superintendent, and as I said, has been with Cherryland for 39 years. Um, he took a brief hiatus from Cherryland to uh, work as a safety and training consultant for our statewide association, but he started at Cherryland in 1980 in the warehouse, and since then has pretty much done every job at the co-op. Am I right?
1: I've done several. Uh, not every one. Tony has, you know, not big on letting me do his job.
0: Oh, he got in the way of your rise to the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Always
1: G- keeping the little guy
2: down. That's my job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do kind of have that yeah. reputation.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jim also was a lineman here.
1: That's correct.
0: And then as line superintendent has overseen our... Uh, safety program, our maintenance and tree trimming program, our metering department. So pretty much, literally almost every job in the co-op.
1: I've done a lot, a lot of them. It's been a great experience.
0: Did they ever make you answer the phones?
1: That's just what I was going to ask. I've had, I have answered the phones, especially uh, when things are going a little tough during outages and when there are questions about the length of the outage or why trees are being removed, that sort of thing. I've answered the calls.
2: So what's your craziest phone call?
0: <laughs> that you can talk about publicly.
1: <laughs> wow. I,
2: well, one. the craziest, craziest has, has
1: not been tree-related or safety-related. It, it was uh, a member who felt she could see electricity travel from the power lines to her chimney, and then I oh. used to do power quality investigations, and this member had uh, scotch tape over her outlets so the electricity wouldn't leak out.
0: Oh man, that's so. That's how did too you bad. how
1: did you resolve that? I told her she needed electrical tape for that instead. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> <Nice.
2: laughs> I would have thought gorilla tape we, would have been better. We,
1: <laughs> we have really good power. <laughs> we we just uh, worked through some issues and and uh, helped her understand how electricity works a little better. But it was an interesting visit.
0: So, Jim, one of the things that I love about you and have from the very first day we got to work together is that you care so deeply about our membership even when the situation is maybe a little odd like I've always seen you as someone who just puts the member first and and I I don't have a question there I'm just telling you I think that's cool it's one of the things that I think will be a part of your legacy here
1: thank you so where does where does that come from Boy, I wish I knew um because I would try to train other people the same way. I I was talking actually with another employee today about that, about empathy we have for others, and you know we all are a, a creature of everyone else who we spend time with. They they shape us. So I guess it was good people I've I've spent time around and and learned to care about. And um... you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and for those in the listening audience. <laughs> We do spend a lot of time together running up and down roads. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I, I've got a soft heart. I, I recognize that. It's it's even hard to do this today. Hallmark TV's commercials, you know, make me weep a little bit. So it's it's just what's in me. And and uh, when we got involved with uh, Freedom Builders, it really affected me deeply. Um, we we've got a lot of members out there with a whole lot of different stories and and. We're only here because they need us, and we wouldn't even be, it wouldn't be anything if, if it weren't for those folks that had a meter on their home or business. Especially those paying the bill. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that in a in a job like this, and even a job like yours where you're resolving issues often, it can be easy to become hardened to people's stories. And so one of the things that is just really cool about the way you're describing this is that the opposite has happened for you. You've, you've, you've remained sympathetic and empathetic and, and just respectful of the fact that some, that people have stories and that people matter.
1: The thing that's uh, always a balancing act is, is recognizing the, the varied nature of, of our members and realizing that we have to do what's best for them, and the collective them mm-hmm. is so different. Um,
2: what attracted you to Cherryland in the very, very beginning? I mean, you were working in the oil field at the time. Why did you pick Cherryland?
1: I picked Cherryland. Uh, I had a, a friend who worked here, also a runner like like you and I, Tony, and um, and the superintendent at the time was uh, someone my family had known for years, and I just I thought it would be a good place to be a part of. And a good place to put roots down, and I didn't know much about it at all. Um, so it, it it sort of goes to the question you asked Rachel about the empathy and how where it came from. It, it grew here. Mm-hmm. It really grew here.
0: Do you remember your first day?
1: I do. Yeah. Because, uh, ironically, uh, one of the linemen who later became a safety person too looked very similar to the the person who influenced me to come here, and uh, I was nervous as a cat, you know. And and here's this guy, and I thought it was uh, it was my friend Craig, and it wasn't. And and I know this guy's. He's got this grin on his face, and he's probably wondering why is this guy standing close to me? I don't even know who he is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I recall my first day, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's really been a blast. I, I just don't recall a, a lot of bad days.
0: So if you could go back and say something to yourself on that first day, like what's, what would you tell yourself or someone, you know, one of our other employees maybe here early in their career? I
1: would, I would tell any – I would tell myself and I would tell any uh, new employee, when you have the opportunity – to learn more about the co-op, to anything, any opportunity you, you have to make you better, the co-op becomes better, and, and you, just, you just serve everyone so much better. And it, it, it's, What's interesting, as I reflect now, the things that have made me better as an employee here have made me better in the community, too, and, and it, it just grows. It just feeds off itself. What was your first community project after you started working here? I served on the Buckley School Board for two terms for eight years. And I've been on church committees and a lot of different things like that. sang in a choir since high school, church choir.
0: Jim, you're like the ultimate renaissance man. You're like, yeah, I sing, I play guitar, I hang out at nursing homes. Uh, I,
1: I whittle wood.
0: I ru- yeah, I whittle wood. I make I run. canes for
2: veterans. Yeah. Like... I,
0: I like want to be you when I grow up. <laughs>
1: I don't want to be that old, is so <laughs> go for it. I do not want to grow up. So. <laughs> and I run like the wind blows. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how have things changed over the years?
1: Well, we, you know, we had a, a manager's meeting. Uh, every Wednesday we have a, a manager's meeting, and I reflected on it today. Um, the team at Cherryland uh, that I'm leaving is just so powerful right now. And I, I look at, sort of wonder, what would we have been with a team like that when I was here 39 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, so what's changed, um, a lot has changed and, and very little has changed. The, the frustrating thing when it comes to safety is um, nationwide people are still getting hurt and killed the same way they always have around electricity. We're an amazing utility We've never had a serious electrical burn here. We've never had a fatality. And that's I don't not believe I don't, into b- the I don't believe mind. you yeah. can yeah. jinx yourself. We are that way because our employees make good choices. We continue <coughs> excuse me to train well, we hire well, we have high expectations and then the employees make good choices. Mm-hmm. And
2: 20, 25 years ago our reputation wasn't what it is today or what we at least perceive it is today. Sometimes we perceive it's greater than it actually is. But we we know that 20, 25 years ago, our outage time was terrible. Our our rates were higher than our competition. Why do you think that was?
1: We didn't spend the money on maintaining our system, uh, tree trimming, just rebuilding a system to be stronger and more weatherproof. Why, Why not? Well, you know, we're only going on 81 years old. And you know, when it comes down to it, utilities are fairly new in, in, in the life of the world. Both uh, my parents and grandparents were in high school when they got electricity in their homes. So the electrical phenomenon in homes is a fairly new thing. So we were learning the whole time. And then as you're learning and you're, you're taking the members' money, you've got to prioritize where are you going to use that money. And probably at the time the wires didn't seem that old, the poles didn't seem that old. And uh, now as we're upgrading and making our system better and the more we learn and you know, you it's interesting reflecting too, Rachel, so you ask well, what's changed. We're encouraged to speak up and make a difference and to you know to to learn and to make us make all of us better. So I think that's one of the reasons, Tony, that we're our outage times and, and our reliability, all of that we're encouraged to question why.
0: And the, I mean, as the as the technology continues to change and improve, like part of what I think I and I agree with you, we have today is we're building teams who are innovative. Th- that's that's how we are successful today, right? Is sure. just this kind of culture of innovation and and letting and and looking at these technologies and constantly saying, like, does this help us better serve our members? Does this help us better accomplish our reliability goals or or whatever those things look like?
1: You know, it's funny, we we tease each other, and we're very comfortable with each other here, um, and about me being old, but the truth is, it's almost like that's there's the not any... you are, because I. That, am.
0: That's not a joke. I'm sorry, Jim, <laughs> I need to be going to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> too bad but you it's like there the is way. no age here.
1: Nobody, you know, it doesn't feel like anyone thinks, well, he or she is too young to know mm-hmm. what the right thing to do is here. It's like there's no age when when we get together and make decisions, and it's just we're just there for the same reason.
0: Yeah. And, the, and that's the kind of environment where people either thrive or it's not the right fit for them. Right. But mm-hmm. the people who thrive in it have so much potential to do awesome, cool, yeah. amazing things. Yeah. And we have, we have those people here now, which sure is fun. Do. Which is very, very fun. And you are a part of that legacy. I mean, you are old, but you <laughs> are am. part of that.
1: If I was an oak rocking chair, I'd be worth a lot.
0: Someone would whittle you. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> So you talked about kind of our safety program and and how in some ways we, you know one, it's all still the same core, right? Make smart choices, train people, be equipped, be empowered. But what things do you feel like have changed, or what do you see as what's what what's next with safety? What what are the opportunities?
1: I think there will be something that will happen with virtual reality. I think there is a cool possibility of training people where they have, will have the freedom to see what the wrong choice can do hmm. without actually being hurt. And I, I think there could be value in that. If um, the biggest effect on people as far as safety, unfortunately, it's the very thing we're trying to avoid, and that's accidents. The accident that is closest to us, the one that happened, if it were to happen at our utility, it has, the only thing that has a bigger impact is something that happens to you. So when we hear about accidents and choices that happen at other utilities, it has an effect on us, but not as much as when it happens here. And we're trying to avoid that. So to eliminate the idea of that it becomes stale, I think there's room for virtual reality to not only have that impact where you would feel some heat and see a flash that would would scare the heck out of you but then through virtual reality you would also see that injury that could be you mm-hmm. and if you know if that could happen then you could have a virtual reality to see the effect it would have on your your wife or daughter or husband whatever the case may be and i think that would have a huge impact without hurting anyone hmm. Um, I think that's somewhere down the road. When you think back to
2: all the employees you've worked with, who would be one or two employees that stand out in your mind who aren't currently working here today because you don't need to talk about me for 20 I see, minutes? Because we
0: both know that it's Jim, yeah. that it's Tony and I, yeah. I mean, so that's yeah. clearly implied.
1: So, well, and not Rob, working here today. Oh, and okay. Rob, yes. yeah. and, yes. and, and um, Rob knows. Yes, yes, Uh, Lyle Johnson, who was the, mm-hmm. the line superintendent when I was here, um, safety program at Cherry Line started because a wrench fell on his head because they didn't have hard hats back then. And yet he was such a great storyteller and, and so, had so much history here. He had a huge impact on me. And uh, Bing Stricker, who was uh, the lineman who, when things got heavy and uncomfortable, Ling, Bing could lighten the room. Mm-hmm. and uh, I hope I picked some of that up too. And my friend, my friend Craig Owens, who uh, retired about ten years ago.
2: And what was your toughest day as a lineman?
1: Hmm. My toughest day really wasn't as a lineman. It was. Uh, it was as the, the question was as a lineman.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. No, I actually <laughs> want to hear the answer you were going with. Well, the what toughest,
1: tough day? Uh, the toughest day as a lineman is, is when you leave when there's still people out of power. Mm-hmm. That's just hard. Okay. You then know, I'll answer her. Question. You're still awake. <laughs> Uh, the toughest day as an employee, um, we'd had a big storm happen and uh, worked a lot of hours, gone home and uh, had everybody back in power, but, but all our employees had worked a lot of hours and got this uh, uh, everybody back in power and I came to work the next day and about six of us got laid off. Mm. Oh, that, was, that was really hard for me because I'd worked hard and uh,
2: what year was that?
1: Boy, I don't even remember. I mean, it's been, it's been a long time ago, and obviously I got over it. But, it, it you know, didn't understand everything about budgets and all that sort of thing. And it was a budgeting issue that had happened and, and caused a problem. It well, was hard. How long did it last? About three or four months, as I recall. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the only, the only layoff in Cherryland history, and hopefully the only one that will ever be a part mm-hmm. of Cherryland history. But that was hard. Mm
0: -hmm. especially coming on the on the tail end of a big outage because one of the if you haven't been here through it it's a little hard to 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 there is such a sense of shared purpose when you have something like that where suddenly everyone drops everything and you're not an accountant or a member service rep we're all doing we're all on the exact same team towards the exact same goal Mm -hmm. which is get the lights back on and let people know what's going on
1: it's when we're the best
0: Mm -hmm. so then you have this like really strong sense of purpose and camaraderie and then yeah yeah that's tough.
1: It was tough.
2: Yeah, that's some terrible timing. You think they could have waited a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. weeks. <laughs> Take note of that, Tony. Yeah. At least give it a day or two. <laughs> Lights are on.
1: See ya. That's, that's harsh.
0: Do we already ask what was your best day at Cherryland?
1: Uh, well, you every know, day he gets it, to it, see me, <laughs> is what he was going to say. Obviously. Uh, Tony and I give each other uh, a bit of grief whenever we get the opportunity. But honestly, when Tony asked me if I would consider coming back to Cherryland, it was a huge boost to me. Um, I didn't, I, I left Cherryland because I didn't like the way things were going at the time. Hmm. And when Tony was brought in, um, he brought Cherryland back focused on the fact that we were a co-op. And, and I didn't know that about him yet, but he was a runner and I liked him, you know. And when he asked me to be a part of it, it was it was huge. And so the day I came back to Cherryland was uh, my best day probably.
2: I was a slow runner, so he could kick my butt every time.
0: That's why we all like hanging out with you, Tony. I don't know it makes us feel yeah. good about ourselves. Yep, yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm dumber and slower than everybody
0: in
1: the room. It's my it's my skill.
2: And you can't even
0: whittle wood.
1: Nope, not not a bit. You just gotta cut away the pieces of wood that don't and, look like what you want.
0: And, oh, and you're smack drywaller. I've heard that. Oh. So if, it, if, it, well, public service announcement, if anybody needs drywalling,
1: yep, look it up in the Yellow Pages. <laughs> Jim's
0: been a carpenter April, his a My whole
2: life. April 15th, he'll be, he'll be available.
0: So Tony, I actually have a question for you. Hmm. The thing I think about when we look at Jim retiring is you can't replace that kind of institutional history, right? That, 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 I don't even know that just deep sense of who we are. So how do you how do you prepare for a retirement like this? How do you prepare Cherryland f- for a retirement like this?
2: You, you just have to accept the fact you give up on the institutional knowledge and you have to hire for attitude. And, and that's what you get with Jim. You get the attitude and the community service. You, you just try to hire for the, the traits he, he has in hopes, in hopes that the person who replaces him can gain the history. People need to get it first and Jim got it from the very beginning and that's what his replacement we were looking for. We'll we'll stumble through without the the knowledge of our territory and the people and I remember back in 75 when mm-hmm. John Doe lived on that corner you can't replace that. Yeah. It's, you just can't. You have to you have to move on and muddle through.
0: Muddle through. Luckily for us Jim's not going to abandon us entirely. No, what, what, what are your plans in retirement? Yeah,
1: he lives all of seven miles away. <laughs> right. I, I have a daughter on each coast. I have a daughter in Oakland, California, and a daughter north of Boston. So there's some traveling involved there. And uh, we have a little 16-foot scamp camper, and it's going to hit every state but Hawaii eventually. So do some camping. and.
2: You're going to drive to Alaska? I will, yeah. With your wife? <laughs>
1: That's uh, the plan at, this, at This he point. meant to say. You, know mean, you
0: get to go with your wife? Just to be does clear. Does she know that? She does. Okay, she, she does.
1: And that's uh, why she's been afraid. I, you all know, I own a, a cabin up in, in Ontario, and I'll be spending a lot of time up there. So
0: you just do you do life right, Jim. I hope so. That's not, you have. I've always like perceived you just have such good balance, and you just try things, and I like that about you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah.
0: So if you so last chance, words of wisdom. There's fifty eight employees who will be here on April nineteenth or whatever is the day after the day you retire. What what do you want us to know? What do you want us what's your advice? What's your words of wisdom?
1: What you permit, you
0: promote. The perfect safety message. And and, and certainly that's how you've I think helped shape our safety program along the way thanks yeah so
2: so this is the part where i have to say something nice huh? i
0: would like you to say something nice do about i need jim. to leave the room for a minute or? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it's it's not that hard although you could have gave me some time to prepare but <clears throat> you just want employees who represent you well in the community and do a good job at work and jim has certainly done both you never question what he's doing after work because he's going to be doing something good, and that's a great representation of the co-op after quitting time. Uh, I, I don't know that we have anybody better. But... And then at, at work, he cares. He he cares. You know, all the way down to somebody who doesn't shut off the coffee pot and burns up a pot to how many <laughs> outages we have, we care. Mm-hmm. And then the best uh, test of character is what happens when the crap hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Every outage, Jim is there. Uh, he's either leading a crew or he's in the office doing stuff. Whenever the going gets tough, Jim is there. And personally, he's the only guy that ever jumped in front of a skunk for me. <laughs> Seriously. Wait, I think we
0: might need a little more detail. Oh, yeah, well,
2: absolutely, because it's a great story. <laughs> and it's a story of well, what is your instant reaction in a moment of crisis? Where we just finished a run. It's it's dark. It's We got headlamps on, it's dark, and a skunk walks out of the ditch. So what's your first reaction? My first reaction is to run. Jim's first reaction is to jump in front of me and put his arms out so the skunk can't get me.
0: Oh. And... You took a bullet that, that, for him. I'd ball. take a bullet yeah. for him. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely,
2: and, that, and it was just instant. You know, there was no thinking about it and debating about it. it was just nope. I'm going to jump in front of the skunk. That's that says it all for me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If the chips are down, you're the person I want to be there. I, I'll tell you this. Or the tail is up, as it gets <laughs> <case may be. laughs> Um Our listeners may be interested to know just, what just two years ago, Jib saved somebody's life when we were at oh, uh, we were having a lunch in Grand Rapids. And Jim's sitting next to someone who starts to choke and
2: Heimlich maneuver calm
0: as can be, so quiet, brings no attention, gets up, does the Heimlich maneuver, and then takes this guy out and like sits with him until the ambulance can get there, walks back in and doesn't tell anyone. Yep. And Nobody then we're knew. driving home that day. I still remember this. You and I were sitting in the truck and you're like, yeah, so um, by the way, this happened. And I'm like, mm. holy crap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That guy turned 80 uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I saw Daryl.
0: So you are the guy that we are all lucky to have in our corner.
2: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: And thank you for your service. And thank you both for sitting down to talk about this. It is a, it is a privilege to have had the opportunity to work alongside you.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I haven't told you that a while.